Hello and welcome to another, and let us not forget the word exciting, episode of The Outsiders, Series 2, Episode 8. Wow. We are cutting through them like a knife through butter. So anyway, welcome. I'm so pleased to have you with us. And when I say us, I refer to my creative sidekick and partner and uh, co-host, Zach. Hi, Zach. Hello. It's very nice to be back again after our uh, soaking wet trip last time when we met. That was an, an adventure and a half, wasn't it, Zach? It was. It was a good adventure. And um, good. and we uh, we yeah we, we we it was an adventure of a lifetime, which we hope to repeat at some point again in the future. I'll hold back on the word lifetime. It was an adventure, Zach. Yeah, uh, okay. but unfortunately, the weather had other plans. Transport was working nicely. The weather not so, and therefore we couldn't really uh, broadcast on YouTube because the. Uh, the Lords above had other ideas. They did. But anyway, I digress. Let's kick off with our new theme for today's episode. And that is really um, the impact of imagination in children's stories, of course, from an outsider's perspective. And to start this, I'm going to throw the mic, not literally this time, across <laughs> to Zach to tell me a little bit about his experience and his thoughts on the topic of writing children's stories from an outsider's perspective. From an outsider's perspective. Thank you. Good to be back again. So yeah, this week there's there's lots of uh, stories, lots of children's authors um, who uh, who I would consider outsiders. Also, they write characters who are the interesting characters in children's stories are outsiders. Um, so, I mean, we the one that really sort of comes to mind and we've, we've talked about is Roald Dahl, who sort of appeared to be quite an outsider um, per, on a personal level, although I think he was quite a family, very much a family man, wasn't he? But um, sort of, and charismatic and enigmatic maybe the two words that come to mind but his big character who we all know and love is Willy Wonka who I think is one of the um one of the one of the better outsiders an eccentric I would say right do you want to develop on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say something. Um, but, I was, but I just said, let's develop on that. <laughs> let's develop on that. So Willy Wonka um, has kind of, in my head, has become a sort of a figure of um, an, an English eccentric, how it's sort of this this idea of developing this this sort of world of being on his own, but he invites people into it on his terms. Um, and of course, if everyone knows the story, he invites Charlie in, who wins the golden ticket. I could Don't start give away the plot. Just start singing in a minute. Um, and the um, the the image that I have in my head, the very famous one, is Gene Wilder playing Willy Wonka, um, which who was just such a charming, um, crazy, odd, kind of scary figure. And Raldar wrote characters that had an element of scare, 
scary sort of side to them. They had a grotesque side to them in a way. Sinister, possibly. Sinister is a good word to use. There's certainly um, that scene in the film, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, when they're on that weird trip in the boat and it suddenly goes very strange. Um, is that the bit where Gustav, where, where the, uh, Gustav's mother goes, Gustav, don't eat so much chocolate? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> there he's stuffing his face. But yeah, all the um, there were lots of people, kids had something wrong with them. It's, it's sort of a social commentary, with, yeah. even though it's a children's uh, book. And a lot of the Head best... Head of morals. Yeah. A lot of the best stories have got that. Because children are, they like to feel a bit of fear, don't they? They like to feel a bit of that emotion. Do you not think in the stories? I don't know if the word like comes into it, but possibly they are captured by it somehow. Mm -hmm. um, I remember watching that film, but also another one that we're going to list off, which was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, um, which was, again, another sort of a fantastic backdrop of crazy worlds and European culture that was sort of almost David Lynch style kind of off the wall um, and sinister and dark and light and all sorts of different backdrops to the, the plot but when you talk about being scared when the appearance of the child catcher came I don't think I've ever hid I mean I when I when I was at the cinema I was you know, down on the floor. Yeah. And even probably some years later, even possibly now, if I was to see it, it would have some kind of scary kind of repercussion. Um, it was really quite a, quite a character. Definitely a scary character. And I, I know that you're not a huge science fiction fan, but also for me as a child watching Doctor Who, you watched it to because it, it became known as the thing you watch from behind the sofa because of the scary monsters and the, uh, you know, the Daleks were hugely scary to me. And yet from an adult, they're just, the fact that they couldn't go upstairs, the fact that you literally could just run up some steps and you'd be safe in those days. Now they can fly because they overcame that. But it, there is that, yes, I think you're right. There's an excitement to feeling that, knowing that something good is going to happen at the end. I think that, and that's, as we've touched on before, the hero's journey, isn't it? It's that, that storytelling has these elements of a roller coaster. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Roald Dahl is very much part of that. What about yourself? You touched on Chitty Chitty. Very difficult to say. I wouldn't say that after a couple of pints. Oh, well, Willy Wonka is also one of the... <laughs> yes. We're putting ourselves in dangerous territory. We certainly are. We're holding back. Um, so what about myself in regard to, to the, um, to children's fiction, um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is one that you've mentioned. Uh, oh, there, there, there are many, many stories. I mean, um, I think that without get, listing them off, I think the point is that the idea of it, these stories sort of capture and develop the children, children's imagination that they think is, you know, these worlds, these, um, these backdrops that are, you know, painted are sort of are all consuming and, and a child with the openness and the interest of these stories can get taken into all kinds of places, which only develops the creativity and the imagination. I think mm. this is the point we're trying to make. Um, but Zach, 
with that in mind, tell me a little bit about your story with writing children's books, because this is what we really want to sort of delve into a little bit more yeah. about our own um, experiences. It is the, yes, it's the imagination. And we both chose creative outlets, didn't we, in times of uh, the stress and trauma and thing, you know, whatever word we want to use for the difficult times that we went through. And I certainly used um, creativity as an outlet uh, to connect with my children, um, as you did with your daughter. And I wrote a book called Pirates Versus Fairies, which I wrote based, and I asked my children for things to put into it. So they wanted a story oh. that had pirates. That was my son. Fairies was my daughter. Hippopotamuses had to go in it. Um, dinosaurs had to go in it. And ships and... Um, and then I just sort of developed this world where all of this existed as one and created an adventure. It was just an adventure story called an, about a ship captain who used to be a fairy who had his wings cut off. So he became a pirate. Um, but his sort of secret was that he was actually uh, he had magical powers. Um, and I wrote, I wrote this for them. Now, the one story I want to share, though, is how I advertised it. Not that I want to turn this into a marketing method. Um, so basically, I wrote it around the time when Ardman Animation did a film called Pirates. We, I think Hugh Grant was the voice of the pirate captain. And we went to see it as a family. And um, my partner and I, we printed off postcards of the cover of my book and wrote on the back where you could buy it. And then we put them on each seat in the cinema before we got there early, obviously, for the screening. And then as we left in the foyer, they would have postcards of coming things coming soon or local businesses. So we stuffed the load in there as well and then quickly ran out of the cinema before anyone caught us. And my son was beside himself with fear that we were going to get caught and probably arrested in his mind. He was five at the time, I think five or six. In his mind, he was thinking that we'd done something really, really um, dangerous, really rebellious. You know, we we're going to get caught. The police will catch us. We're going to do this. His imagination was being was, was sort of overriding any sort of anything else, really. Um, but I mean, obviously, I knew as an adult that all I'd done is put some postcards in a thing. And the worst that's going to happen is they're going to throw them in the bin, which is probably what they did in all honesty but it was it was a fun way i don't know if it helped don't know if it sold any books but that is my guerrilla marketing method of the week <laughs> very good there we are that's my story um so mark we we, we dealt with yours in the we dealt with gooey in the past um in other episodes but again you used that as a creative outlet didn't you as a connection do you want to talk us through yeah what well, it would a bit like you, um, my story goes before that particular uh, book series. And my first story with Olivia was actually a similar title to yours. It was called The Fairy Factory. And the beautiful thing about this is we were in China at the time and we lived on pretty much a, a vast lake. I mean, like a sea. And um, which, of course, again, gives you the imagination, the backdrop that it is a sea rather than a lake. And we we would walk around this lake, uh, parts of it anyway, um, with her on a bicycle and, and I'd be walking along with her. And 
we would sort of tell each other, you know, a story and it would evolve and develop into something much, much more. And I thought, wow, we've got something here. So she was, she just turned seven at the time. And so for her seventh birthday, I managed to create this this book for her for her birthday using her illustrations which she did drawn like at home for fun and i put the words together and when i presented that to her for her birthday she was you know beside herself with joy i mean it was wonderful and i think that triggered a connection between the two of us that we like to tell each other stories and connect and it's really magical <clears throat> and i'm sure that all of the authors that you've listed all had similar stories that brought them into that kind of mindset to yeah. create, you know, a story for other children. Um, but I think the, the point to this particular episode is we're talking about this creativity, imagination being used by people who we call outsiders. And, and, and I think what we've kind of uh, mentioned and agreed together is that most creators whether they're, you know, writers or authors, um, musicians, filmmakers, designers, graphic artists, whatever, are people that actually are on the outside looking in. And that in itself gives them a different uh, perspective on, on the world. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And the creativity that they they seek, the the outlet that they choose, is their way of connection to mm-hmm. to the world, or even if it to to one person. I mean, I always said to myself as when I started my writing journey, if I can just get you just want one person to read your book and enjoy it, and then you've made that connection um, right. and got that sort of recognition that you want, and it's it's because it's it's all very well writing for yourself and i've got i've done tons of stories that i've never seen the light of day and i enjoy the process because it's mm-hmm. a creative outlet and it's cathartic for my sensitive emotional moods and things like that but then when you put it out there and it becomes a thing in it on its own and somebody else connects to it that that you don't know that is, isn't connected to your family then it's like that wow this is um that's that's quite a special feeling uh, to have that. So um, it's important to put yourself out there, isn't it, as an outsider? If you, well, it's not important to, but it it can be quite rewarding to do that. Yeah, um, I think what you said is spot on in terms of being the creativity being cathartic. Um, the need to be out there, I don't think is necessary, but I think um, it's nice if it evolves. But yeah. I think reality um, is that we have to be aware of who we are, our authentic nature, and do it for ourselves. The next step, of course, is, yeah, if people um, enjoy it i mean of course we want people to enjoy it and of course it's great if you get some sort of coverage or some some interest but ultimately if you haven't been giving yourself permission to be creative which was definitely true for me for a a long long time then it just builds up and builds up um and i think if you have been creative all through that period of time 
um, then you might have, I don't know, you might have expectations of something more. But, but I think in both of our cases, it's more of a cathartic expression. And the idea of connecting our ideas with other people is, is just, you know, gravy on the chicken or butter on yeah. the, uh, the toast or whatever it happens to be. I was going to say butter on the knife, but butter on the toast sounds much better. Wherever you want to put the butter, Zach, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're not uh, butterists. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely right. And um, yeah, the process, I was going to say something about um, it's, it's got to come from you, hasn't it? When you, you we can tell as audiences and oh, everyone that we uh, that listens, we're all an audience member to something. We can tell when it's not been created from the heart, when it's been done by the numbers or produced, you know, how many sequels get made that don't have the same feeling and don't have the same emotion because it's been done for money. Which leads me beautifully to sharing with you, Zach, some of the wonderful cities oh. that we have. Exp that, yeah, I mean, I'm so. I mean, as we mentioned in the last couple of pots, um, we are watching with fascination some of the places and people that are, are sort of clocking into our pod um, pods now. And I just thought I would share some with you because it's this is really my favourite part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is this is great. So we've got it would seem big fans in Boardman, Oregon, which is a place I'd never heard of before. But to all of you in Boardman, Oregon, thank you so much for listening. And we do hope you continue to enjoy our pods. And yeah. uh, again, feel free to reach out and communicate with us on our facebook page which is what zach mark and zach the outsiders hip not to be square is the 10 out of 10 zach well done we've got also people in clony in meath which i think is in ireland oh. which uh, yeah which is great nice Helsinki, miami florida wow ashburn virginia falmouth cornwall syracuse new york i've been there Ooh. Leeds in Leeds. Well, that's always good to know. Yeah, Budapest, which is um, a, a place that I know very know and love very yeah. uh, very well. Um, we have Dublin. We have Brussels. We have Vienna. We have Aachen, the North Rhine, which is Germany. We have Lisbon. Wow. We have a place in South Korea that I, even though I've got quite a lot of Asian experience, cannot pronounce, <laughs> but it is a very long name. Yeah. Pyongyang Sang Si Giango Gido. Sounds like uh, somewhere in Wales, but it's. Um, in you need Africa. a long envelope for that one. And yes, and and we have someone in the Rhone or the Rhine. Yep, we've oh. got. It's, it's great. And we are Wonderful. so excited and happy to hear from you, well, to know that you're listening to us. And we would yeah. love it very much if you would reach out and communicate with us on our Facebook page. Um, as well as claiming, you know, you're free. Five steps to living your best life as an outsider PDF, which you can't really call yourself an outsider and not have one. It is created by Zach and I with love and thought. And if you'd like it, all you need to do is just drop into our Facebook group, which is open to you and write the word imagination what do you think zach it's it's a long word but i think imagination I think imagination sounds good to me 
And and with that, with that, maybe you could also put your city because we yeah. obviously are very interested in that. And by return of message, we will send you your five step PDF free yeah. of charge and, you know, very quickly. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's a yeah. wonderful piece of work. It's almost like a badge of honor for outsiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It certainly is. Okay, so um, Zach, any thoughts, anything, any solutions, any thoughts you would like to share um, on the pod regarding using your creativity and your imagination, connecting with children, the benefits of yeah. doing this? Certainly the benefits. Our imaginations are very, um, uh, uh, one of our most inspiring and um, most powerful tools that we have as human beings. We can imagine anything. We can we can picture ourselves. We could be sitting on in our bed, picturing ourselves in another country by the sea, and use that as a form of meditation to calm ourselves. If we're in a stressful situation, we can imagine something better. We can imagine ways of of developing things. So I think um, it's important to exercise our imagination. And the best way of doing that, in my opinion, is to read. Just read books. It can be anything. It could be children's books. It could be a thriller. It could be, it's just the, the, the art of doing that and allowing your mind to wander and explore, I think is, um, is very beneficial to our emotional health. And I would like to add to that on the converse side, writing yep. and drawing and singing and whatever it is that you haven't done enough of do more of. Uh, for me, this was the case. I've read thousands of books, uh, love to read, but one of the things I didn't do, and have only recently, over recent years, started to learn to do, is to do rather than not yeah. to do. And the release of the writing with and for my daughter, for myself, um, the songs that I've created, you know, the, the paintings that I've done, things that I've started to do rather than just be in my head, um, I think is a very important thing to share because we just block ourselves and we don't want, we want to release out into the world, you know, you use your imagination and be creative. Yeah, imaginations are very powerful. So it's, it's about using it to, to your best ability and um, exploring it, allow it to wander. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It is, it is. Okay, well, Zach, it's about that time, I think, to call, you know, time on another pod. Yeah. Um, once again, to all of you listening, we are so grateful to have you with us. We are happy to see you from all over all over the world, which is which is wonderful beyond our beyond our imagination. Yeah. And um, please, you know, feel free to to join us on our Facebook page and stay tuned to our pods. So until then, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from me. me. We'll see you <laughs> in the next one. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.